Welcome to Witch Police Radio, episode number 53. Uh, this is the first episode that Rob Crooks, our uh, co-host, um, has been on the show in, what, three months? Yeah. So we're, we're very happy to have him back. Um, he's been pretty busy with other stuff, so he hasn't had a chance to, to, to host any of these, but uh, he's back doing a solo episode, mm-hmm. and we're just uh, coming in on the intro because it's the only way we can get involved in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we want to get ourselves on the show at all costs. So um, this uh, episode, uh, Rob is talking to... Uh, two members of some pretty buzzy uh, local bands. Um, he's got uh, Cole Woods from the band Cannon Bros and uh, Marie France Hollier from uh, Haunter, who just broke up, I think. Yeah, they had a last. I think they had a last. Show. But well, by the time you hear this, it'll be it'll have already happened. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, I gotta say personally, I don't know too much about these bands other than that they seem to be bands that are getting a lot of attention mm-hmm. well I mean Haunter I guess they're done now but uh, both guests were in Aryan were in Aryan like a ton of other bands too they mentioned it on the show so yeah cool uh, but yeah these, I mean these are obviously people who are doing something that people like so uh, I mean if you're interested in the local music scene uh, they're probably names that come up mm-hmm. so the theme this week was Deformity which uh, <laughs> I mean we have I'm a ran- interested to, I haven't heard the episode yet I'm interested to yeah, see the song picks. we have a random word generator that uh, just kind of shoots out uh, words for us and um that's how we kind of theme each show. So this yeah. one, uh, Rob got lucky, I guess, with the word generator and ended up with the format. <laughs> put it that way. So I had some pretty cool music played on this one. And um, so you go to www.witchpolice.com to uh, check out all the past episodes, hit podcast. There's um, a list of all the past shows, past hosts and guests, and you can download them all for free. Yep. Stream them all for free. Uh, Facebook.com slash witchpoliceradio is where you can find us on social media. Yeah, so if you go on the Facebook, like sometimes we'll have uh, guests who are musicians and they'll have a video performance at the end and so you can catch the video on there yeah you, you can also, also catch, catch the videos on, on, the, oh, on our YouTube page as well which is linked yeah. to from witchpolice.com so yeah and I think we're going to just start posting more random stuff on there I think so yeah I certainly get a lot, not enough people um, checking out our Facebook page that yeah it's, uh, it's it's worth getting more so I mean please please like us and um, you know see what we're doing comment on, on, on the shows we're putting out and uh, and yeah and go from there uh, we're also on Twitter at uh, at witchpolicefm and uh, same thing. I mean, if you if you hear one of our shows, we'll be posting the shows, posting links to the downloads, um, all, all kinds of other stuff too. So if mm-hmm. you have a comment about it, you didn't like it, you like it, whatever, let us know, mm-hmm. and we will be happy to uh, tell you why we love you or hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and have you mentioned Stitcher? No, I haven't. No. Okay, well that's a good way to uh, get the podcast automatically downloaded. It's on Stitcher.com. It's a big hub for podcasts. Yeah. And we're on the actual radio, uh, UMFM in Winnipeg 101.5 on Monday nights at 11pm and if you're not in Winnipeg you can go to umfm.com and it'll stream live on the air yeah and just because he's back this episode uh, we might as well uh, plug robcrooks.com sure so we can find Rob's music he's got a bunch of got uh, shows collaborative up. stuff he's worked on that you can download for free yeah. he's got shows coming up the usual yeah. yeah Merry Christmas <laughs>
is Witch Police Radio. Um, I'm Rob. Sam and John, the other hosts, aren't here. And uh, yeah, so I have two guests today. I have uh, Cole Woods. And do you prefer Meth or Mary France? Either is fine. Hollier? Yeah. Where did Meth come from? Um, one of my friends in grade six called me MF, and her name was Jasmine. And, but everyone called her Jazz. And then there's this joke going around, like, that she was call, like, we calling her Jazzy Jeff. <laughs> which came from like, Jazzy Jefferson. And then she got, like, mad at me and called me MF Mefferson. And then Mefferson became Mef. Sweet. So that's the story. MF's a pretty cool name. You'd be like MF Doom. <laughs> yeah. And I guess you guys, you guys are in bands. Cannon Bros, Hawker bunch of other bands? Yeah. Yeah. What other bands are you guys in? I can never keep up with you guys. Oh, I'm in a band called Existers with uh, Cam, Popham, and Joel Miro. Um, but we don't play out very often. And, That's a uh, cool name, Existers. Yeah. We play really weird music. Um, and then... We're in Slow Dancers together right. Jesse. And what else? We were playing in Shotgun Jimmy's band this summer. And... Pipskid. Pipskid. Sometimes. And then some new bands that don't have names yet. That's cool. Yeah. Have you guys heard uh, Surprise Party? Yeah. Yeah. They played that show last night. They were really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were... Uh, I saw them really early on and I thought they were cool. They're probably way better now too. Well, so. Kent, Kent Davies was there and he told me that they were like way different now. Oh, he really? told me they started out as kind of like a punk band and now they're kind of like this, like kind of like 60s influence, like um, Jesse from, like Jesse Workington was playing like organ, like keys. Really? Oh, whoa, yeah. cool. It was really cool. I thought, yeah, when I saw them they were, it was the more punky stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like the, the 60s thing, but like also some some parts like really hard too. It's, it's kind of cool. Huh. Um, okay, cool. So the theme today, as chosen by the random word generator, is deformity. Which uh, usually when it works, usually when we like pick the theme, like the random word generator comes up with like all these weird words. Like a lot of them I've never even heard of. They're, they're like medical like terms and stuff. So deformity was the first one I understood what it meant. It was kind of difficult, but came up with some good songs. Yeah. Um, it, it was kind of tricky to pick songs about deformity because I didn't know what song, if it was about deformity, if it would be like PC or not, and what to call. If you call something a deformity and it's not, it's kind of probably... Yeah. It's <laughs> bad on your part. Yeah. I well, I asked I asked Patrick to uh, come, and uh, he just couldn't make it like during the day. But he was he asked me if it was like if it would be like polit politically incorrect to play a Bushwick Bill song. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like we're just like coming up with all these like funny ideas. Like you wanted to play like Def Leppard too. <laughs> No, I was saying like you could play like a seal song. Yeah. 
Rose. Yeah. Well, one of the songs, I don't think I'm going to play it. I, like, I, bought, I brought, like, a few records because I just couldn't, like, really decide. But, like, I was gonna, I was thinking about playing Full Retard by, like, LP, but that's oh, yeah. to- that totally could be, like, <laughs> politically incorrect. Yeah. But it's, it's weird that LP, like, called a song that, because, like, he's one of my favorite artists, and, like, I was, I've been trying to, like, curb my use of that word. Yeah. And just, like, to have one of my favorite artists, because, like, that was his single, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I wonder if that's a reference to Tropic Thunder. Yeah, it must be. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got, like, lots of references to, like, movies. Like, I remember for his, like, last album before the last one, he had, like, this sample of, uh, from Anchorman, where he's, like, playing the flute. And you know, remember when he's, like, playing the flute, and then, like, he'd say things, like, randomly? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> put, put some bacon and eggs on that. <laughs> Alright, well, I guess we can get into uh, playing a song. Um, do, do you want to, you guys want to go first? Or? Sure. Um. You want me to choose for you? Cole, go first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what song are you going to play? Human Fly by The Cramps. Cool. And uh, why did you decide to play this one? Um... That was one of the first songs I thought of, and it's kind of about like a mutant kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I think falls into deformity, right? Maybe? Yeah, I'd say people with deformities are mutants. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that book, The Chrysalis. <laughs> Well, you want to tell us a little bit about the cramps? Like, uh, I don't know too much about them. Like, I know they're really... Sorry. One sec here. What is that? Are you making beats? <laughs> it looks like... It, it looks, <laughs> that looks like some sort of, a, like... Like, fitness commercial. Yeah, it was like a... <laughs> what is secret? It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so the cramps are from... The South, in the States, I think, like, maybe Memphis? No. Do you know where they're from? Somewhere like that. What year is this song? Uh, 19... I think it's either late 70s or early 80s. I'm gonna just pull up, pull up the record here. Sure. Produced by Alex Chilton. Yeah. The big star. Okay. Have you guys seen that Big Star documentary? Yeah. That's pretty good. Have Tear- you seen it? Tear- no, Tear- I haven't. Is it a tearjerker? Apparently. Yeah, there's some, some moments. So, it was really... 84. 84. So what got you into the cramps? Have you been into them for a long time? or? Um, no. I got into them a couple years ago, or last year, no. I don't know. I was working at HMV and I just bought their CD. Which HMV were you working at? Forage Place. Classic. Yeah. I remember I used to go to that 
one to buy all the rap CDs that came out on Tuesdays. Yeah. And Odario from Mood Rough worked there. Oh yeah. So you, you're part of that history now. Yeah, except I, I there was it wasn't that cool. <laughs> <laughs> Did they sell vinyl when you were there? No, not yet. They mostly just sold T-shirts, and yeah. like DVDs. TV. TV movies and stuff like that. Video games. Video games, yeah. Bruce Springsteen photo books. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mostly just sold stuff to like, <clears throat> like, <clears throat> I mostly just sold like Wii games to kids. That's pretty much it. But they're for, can't crabs are from from New York. What? That's what it says. Well, that's weird. I thought they were from the south. Maybe they like formed in New York. Oh wait, it says something about California there too. Oh, I think they're from the state. Well, they're from the states. I don't know why they. I thought they were. Los Angeles. Oh, they're from L.A. I guess. Well, they have this sort of. Uh, down south kind of sound for sure. Very rockabilly. Cool. Let's play. What's the song called again? Human Fly. By the Cramps. <laughs> Six eyes, I got a garbage brain that's driving me insane. And I don't like a ride, so push that best aside. And baby, I won't care, cause baby, I don't scare. Cause I'm a reborn maggot using gym warfare. by the cramps that was great yeah um, I think that's one of those songs that I've like I've heard but never really knew who it was by oh yeah that's a cool one yeah that whole album's really good what's the album called bad music for bad people it's yellow
has a picture of some comic book looking guy on it. It's got really big hair. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's weird. <laughs> Great pick. Thank you. A plus. <laughs> so what did you guys uh, think about it? Did you think it related to the theme? Yeah, I mean, uh, sure. He's a human fly. Yeah. Well, because I, I found, like, when you guys were posted your pics on the Facebook message we were sharing, you both kind of, like, I feel like you both kind of went the same way with it. And I think it works. Yeah. I approve. Good. This, like, I do this, this show with um, my, my buddy Sam and my other buddy John. Yeah. And, like, John is notorious for just, like, not sticking to the theme. And then, like, when me and Sam press him about why he picked that song, he always just comes up with some stupid, like, reason. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam and I always make fun of him for it. So, you did better than John. <laughs> That's good. Um. All right, so, um... <clears throat> Meth, you want to play a song? Sure. Um, I'll play a song that I didn't post on a Facebook message. It was the only song that... It was like the first song that I thought of, or actually we both thought of it, but um, Broken Face by the Pixies. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty, like, straightforward lyrics. I got no lips, I got no tongue. Um, I think it's about a guy who's born from incest. Is it like a true story? I don't think so, but I don't know the story behind the song. Knowing Frank Black, that's his name, right? Frank Black? Yeah. yeah. He'd probably just make up some story about how like this was his neighbor growing up. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a true story. Yeah. If those of you out there in Radio Land, I put air quotations around <laughs> true. You can't see that. Yeah. So like, I don't know, obviously Pixies is, is a well-known like band but like how did you get into them um i was 13 and i got their cd at hmv i don't i think i'd heard like where is my mind some someone on live journal had posted it or something um live journal yeah i got uh the surfer rosa and come on pilgrim like two albums in one mm. and uh yeah I, I fell in love with it it was it's a Still one of my favorite alt rock albums. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so what's yeah? So I I I've never been able to get into the Pixies. Like I remember one year, like my my brother in law was like, I can't believe you don't like the Pixies. So he bought me an album for my birthday, and so and you didn't like it. Well, at least I tried, and I, I just wasn't into it. And then I saw that documentary. Um, like, did you see that one where they, like, the, the documentary where they're on that reunion tour? Yeah, I think I saw part of it. And, like, the drummer's all, like, hooked on drugs and... He's like a magician. <laughs> Part-time. Yeah. <laughs> then, like, I kind of hate Frank Black. Like, he, he's such, like, a dick. And there's this part in that documentary where they're, like, driving around... Where are they from? Boston? Uh, or, like, New Jersey or something. Right, so they're driving around their hometown... No, they're from Boston. Boston. They're totally from Boston, yeah. And uh, Frank Black's like, oh, that's where I slept when I was homeless. And uh, what's Kim? What's mm -hmm. her last name? Deal. Kim Deal. 
I was going to say Kim Thail. <laughs> Kim Deal was, was like, you were homeless? And he was like, well, I like, I was moving from one apartment to the other and like, I, I didn't have a lease yet. So I had to like sleep outside for one night. And he's just like, oh. you know, like, oh. he totally, totally would have just let you think that he was homeless if Kim hadn't been like, you were homeless? Like, yeah. Talking about? Yeah. Wow. That is so strange. And just like. During that, I just finally, during that whole documentary, and, like, even when I see footage of him live on stage, I just he just comes off to me as such a dick. Yeah, he's got a bit of a kind of standoffish kind of stage presence. And, I don't know, I I know two people who have met him, and I'm like, so is he, like, kind of a huge dick? And they're like, no, he's a super nice guy. So, that's kind of funny. Yeah. <clears throat> you can't. I guess you can't judge too much about... Uh, what you see in documentaries, I guess. That is kind of a sketchy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was homeless. (laughs) Oh, I have a funny story about Alex Chilton, who, the, who had produced that Cramps album, who was like actually homeless, like living in a tent. And I guess he was friends with Paul Westerberg from The Replacements. And they were like, they had either gone to a bar or were like joking about going to a bar to like pick up ladies and being like, Hey, want to come back to my tent? (laughs) (laughs) It's not really... How many did it? Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I know KRS-One was, like, homeless when he... When they first started, but he was living in, like, shelters. Mm -hmm. And, like, um, the the DJ, uh, Scott LaRock, was, like, a counselor at one of the shelters, and that's how they met. And then, like, Scott LaRock paid the money so they could go in the studio and record um, South Bronx, which was, like, that, yeah. the diss song against the Juice Crew. And, and then it just got, like, that song just got so big, and that's how it started. That's so cool. Yeah. All right, well, so uh, let's play the Pixies. What's it called again? Broken Face. or whatever what was it called broken face broken face by the pixies did you pull up the lyrics i did can you read them uh i got a broken face uh-huh 
<laughs> you you know you know. What I he couldn't said. hear what he was saying though. It's um yeah. There was this boy who had two children with his sisters. They were his daughters. They were his favorite lovers. I got no lips. I got no tongue. Whatever I say is only spit. Sounds like a shitty version of Per Ubu. Yeah, he was a huge Per Ubu fan. I think he's there. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be like if they're if you're in that <clears throat> eastern states in that, that time. I was I was looking for a Perubu song to play, but I couldn't really find anything that was specifically about deformity or seemed to be about deformity. Yeah, that's not doesn't seem like a theme that they're really into too much. Yeah. Um yeah, one of my friends was playing me like a later Perubu record. I don't know which one. That was like it sounds like the Pixies. <laughs> yeah. They're playing in Chicago in September. I was so tempted oh. to go. That would be really cool. Um, do you guys remember Radio Free Vestibule? They're like this parody band that was out at, in like the mid-90s, and they had this song, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was such a, like, such a parody of the Pixies, it was like, this is the part of the song where we play real quiet, <laughs> and then it gets loud, like, this is the part of the song where it gets real loud. Uh, the grunge song. Is that it? Oh, maybe. That sounds like it might be it. The grunge song. I just remember the video. Yeah, this is totally it. Wow, I haven't seen this in so long. What's going on? It's so muffled. This is like oh, someone's like third generation VHS tape. <laughs> I wonder what these guys are doing now. So many 90s songs that have that chord progression, eh? Yeah. I remember, like, when I was in my first band, like, when we were, like, 12 years old, and we had this, we had, like, three original songs or whatever, and, like, just, like, getting older and hearing more music, just hearing how many songs have those exact same chord progressions, yeah. it's like... <laughs> the simplest thing you could think of. <laughs> Mandatory old man with the shirt off. today, I'd say. <laughs> and I think Radio Free Vestibule, is that like a... 
REM reference with Radio Free Europe, Europe or something. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, I guess I'll play a song now. Cool. I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna play. Um. This a song by this guy called Peace. And he was uh, a member of Freestyle Fellowship. And this this song's actually off the second Freestyle Fellowship album, Inner City Griots. And um, Peace was like, he, he grew up in like South Central LA, and then he, he lived in Texas for a while, for like 10 years during like his high school years, and he was like a trumpet player in the jazz band and stuff. And when he moved back to LA, he had, he had like developed this kind of like style of rapping where it was kind of like playing trumpet where he'd like he'd like sing and then like do all this kind of jazzy style of freestyling and he had heard that this other guy was doing something similar um, at this place called the Good Life Cafe and so he went to this cafe where it was like in the late 80s early 90s it was like this place where all these like underground rappers from LA would meet and like they have like open mics and stuff and like everyone from like the free the whole free self fellowship like form there but even like groups like black eyed peas like cut their teeth there and some guys from like ice cubes crew like and it was like everybody it was like everyone who were just like musicians to, like hardcore gangsters they were just there to do rap there's actually a documentary about the good life uh cafe i haven't seen it yet i had a hard time getting my hands on it but i'd like huh. to see it so he went to see who this other rapper was and the other rapper was this guy mike and nine and so, like, Micah 9 and Peace and AC Alone and Self Jupiter started this group Freestyle Fellowship. And it was, like, uh, they're just, like, really strange dudes because they all kind of came from, like, South Central and Compton and we're all, you know, more or less connected to that whole kind of gangster scene going on, but they were just, like, weird kind of jazz, like, rappers. And... Um, yeah, and they're really into freestyling and stuff. That's why they're called Freestyle Fellowship. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'm going to play a song called Six Tray. And it's about... Six Tray is another way of saying 63 Impala, or 1963 Impala. And uh, it's about doing a drive-by. And it's wicked. So, uh, yeah, Six Tray by Peace, or Freestyle Fellowship. Oh, my keys up. I didn't go. Yeah, go. 
cruising in my six tray. We can go cruising in my six tray. Gee, it all started at birth. I wanted to see how much my hood was worth. Was born to be a child of voodoo, do as I do. Following voodoo to the rhythm, who's with them to a curse. Sunken in rib cage, a point blank range. Blow from a 12 gauge, better get him a nurse. Split second, too late, round hearse. Right door second, left door first. And there was no flaw in that plan, everything was rehearsed. Two knocks on the door, but they did everything twice. Received a device, two pair of latex gloves. Scapel a rich knife. Looked at each other and said, let's get it on. Strip the body down, check the temperature to see if it was warm. Stick man, sculpt your own front side. Skin splits and to reveal insides. Now it's a homicide. As it drove away, I heard bullets ricochet and the hell of a skin marks left from the six train. song on the album that just peace did um so the reason i picked that song for the deformity theme is because uh peace in 2000 2001 was in a car accident where his girlfriend was driving his girlfriend died he lost a finger and uh apparently like it, it made him a little bit crazy and he was already kind of a crazy dude but it made him a little bit crazier and apparently he would have like 
Because all like especially like him and and Micah Nine, one of the other guys from Freestyle Fellowship, they're they've kind of they're they're kind of notorious for lots of drug use. Oh yeah. And um, like apparently it's not uncommon for you, like if you're in Compton or South Central, to just see like peace sleeping outside. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know if he's homeless. I think he's just maybe crazy. And like apparently he's also the type of guy too. Like if you say the wrong thing to he'll and. You know, there'll be no, like, objective way of knowing what's the wrong thing. And he'll just, like, go nuts on you and maybe beat the shit out of you. Oh. And, uh, so I guess, like, this whole accident he had with his family, or sorry, with his family, with his girlfriend, made him a little bit crazier. And apparently he has, like, these visions of his hand, the hand that he lost his finger on, like, coming to life and controlling him. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, like a little bit more of a background on Freestyle Fellowship because they're like a really interesting story because they're so like legendary on the underground but they're not really well known at all on the mainstream. Yeah. But when, when um, like when NWA formed, like it was just Dr. Dre and I'm not sure who the other one was, maybe MC8. But they just form and they're like, hey, we need someone to fund this this group we're gonna do. Who do we know who has money? And they're just let's go with the biggest gangster we know, and that was Easy E. Yeah. And Easy E's like, okay, I'll give you the money, but I want to be in the group. So Easy E wasn't a rapper; he never wrote his own raps. And at the beginning, it was like all MC8 and and uh, Ice Cube who wrote all Easy E's raps. And then like later, I think it was like the DOC wrote some of them. And then after after Easy E just pissed off everyone, and he was like on his own. I think he turned to Mike and Nine to like write some of his raps and that was around the same time when like Easy discovered Bone Thugs and Harmony and that's I think that's the connection of why Bone Thugs and Harmony sound so much like Freestyle Fellowship because mm. like Bone Thugs are from Ohio right and they oh, have yeah. this like really distinct underground LA sound and I think that's kind of the reason is because like Mike and Nine was I think ghostwriting for them at, at the beginning so uh yeah well huh. Underground cool. rap history. <laughs> um, yeah. So, who who wants to play a song now? Um, cool. Put down your pizza. <laughs> so I'm gonna play a song <clears throat> by Rocky Erickson. Off of the album, The Evil One. I think it's called. Yeah. It's called Two Headed Dog. Who's Rocky Erickson? He was the singer for um, 13th Floor Elevators. Oh, okay. A psychedelic band. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then he went out on his own. He had some troubles with mental health. And he went to a hospital, and he wrote a lot of his music there. What yeah. year is this song from? I think it's 1980-something. I'll check. I think it's... yeah. Okay, well let's play this song while you check. So what's it called again? Two-Headed Dog. By Rocky Erickson? Yeah. Boom. Boom.
fucking in the Kremlin. Yeah. With a two-headed doll. Uh-huh, two-headed doge. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever happened to that motherfucker? Well, I'll tell you. In 1968, <laughs> before it was fair, Erickson began speaking gibberish. He was soon diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. In 1978? 68. 68, so what, like 12, 13 years before this song came out? Yeah. <clears throat> and he was uh, in the hospital for some time. Schizophrenia. Yeah. Received shock therapy. Yeah. Whoa. But when he, while he was there, he got obsessed with, like, 50s sci-fi stuff. Like, uh, he has a lot of songs about aliens and Frankenstein and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he recorded this album. And this album has a bunch of songs that are just all, all kind of about that that kind of stuff. That's wicked. Uh-huh. It's pretty good. It's pretty... Cool I wonder what the stuff. significance of a two-headed dog in the Kremlin is. Like, it means something to him. Yeah, it's like... I think it's like, uh... Secret affairs, like, in Russia, you know, like... He's in the Kremlin, in the basement somewhere, like, zapping a dog putting another head on it or something like that, <laughs> you know? Just doing, like, experiments with animals to see what kind of soldiers they can make for the yeah. for the Red Army? Yeah, I think so. Two-headed dog. Because two-headed dog, you bite two people at once. Or I bite someone in two different places. What would happen if a two-headed dog was chasing its tail? <laughs> That'd be insane. Would what, what the dogs yeah. be chasing but the tail? But it would just, it wouldn't move because both heads would be pushing either way. So it would yeah. just like, it would be shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would have a one-up on its tail. Because it has two heads, but maybe not. But if the two heads could work together, but how often does that happen? Never. It messes with your mind, kind of like if you think of a snake eating its tail, what, where does it go? <laughs> That's fucking. <laughs> I can't do that. Deep thoughts. Right <laughs> it's good. I mean, it's, it just disappears. <laughs> it's a really good thing that the Cold War never boiled over into a hot war because like, I don't think I don't think America could have ever fucking dealt with these like paradoxes. You know what happens when a snake eats its tail? That's how black holes are formed. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a word for that with like a snake eating its tail. It's like a term for it. I don't know. I can never remember what it is, so. I'll tell you. It, what are you going to search? So snake snake. <laughs> What's the name? <laughs> One of the things was snake eating its tail tattoo meaning. <laughs> <laughs> tattoo meaning. You're a douche. <laughs> oh, Rob. Oh, Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Oh, yeah. Ouroboros. Is the ancient symbol depicting a serpent or dragon eating its own tail. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah. What, what does it? that mean? What do you have a tattoo of that? <laughs> it means you're self-defeating. You're your own worst enemy. You took, you took uh, ancient mythology 101. You were, you were really into it. 
and now you've forgotten everything you ever learned in that class, but you still have the tattoo to remind you. <laughs> tattoos. You have any tattoos, Rob? No. Clean. Clean. I'm going yeah. to heaven. Me too, baby. <laughs> I'll be able to be buried in the uh, cemetery and like these marked beasts that will just be thrown out in the ditch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys have tattoos? No. No. Would you ever get one? Maybe. Probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't. I can't imagine like, I can't imagine wanting something permanently on my body. Yeah. Like, I always said, like, if I was in the Wu-Tang Clan, I would get a Wu-Tang tattoo for sure. Yeah. Maybe if, it, if I was, like, in prison and I had to join a gang, then maybe I'd get, like, the gang tattoo. Oh, yeah. Um, if I, like, ever won a Stanley Cup, maybe I'd get, like... A Stanley Cup tattoo? All my bros, like, names tattooed on me. <laughs> <laughs> Cole thought of... Cole, for a while, was interested in getting a, a tattoo of Foot Foot. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd want it though. No, she's she's not as nothing cute. against nothing she's not against she used to be. Foot foot's your cat. Yeah, nothing against her. I just don't. I don't know. Next time, next time she like steals your pizza piece of pizza, you just be like cursing your tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> you're like I'm never getting a tattoo of you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like to like today too like. There's there's totally nothing wrong with tattoos like that's that's cool but like it's just people are too quick to get tattoos now it's like everyone yeah. has them and you see these people who who are just like one day had none and the next day have like a full sleeve and yeah it's like it's just such a crazy commitment like and I I just feel like since everyone has them like there's gonna be a huge backlash and in like five or ten years they're gonna just be the uncoolest thing ever yeah and you can't remove them you know yeah totally. And, like, a lot of times I'll see, like, like a pretty girl and be like, oh, that girl's kind of pretty. Oh, but she ruined herself with, like, all these weird colors all over her skin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't want to well, be like... that girl's pretty, but she's got a bunch of ink on her face. Yeah, <laughs> speaking of deformity. <laughs> Self-inflicted deformity. Face tattoos, though. That's face cool. Tattoos. Yeah. I would go for a face. If I was going to get a tattoo, it would be my face. I would get a better looking person's face. <laughs> I know someone who got a, a guy who got a tramp stamp of the black flag bars. See, and he showed it to Henry Rollins. That's he insane. Yeah. What did Henry Rollins say? He was just like... <laughs> like a huh face. Probably just like I hate you. Get away from me. <laughs> yeah. But I assume that's what he thinks about everyone when he meets them. Yeah. Probably. But like, see, black flag is like another. That's like such a cool symbol. But like, if I was in black flag, I'd get a black flag tattoo maybe. But you have to be a pretty big fan to get a tattoo of uh, there are a lot someone of else's band. Like, a lot yeah. of hardcore black flag fans. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's a lot of black flag tattoos. Yeah, and it's just like getting a tattoo of a band too. Is a, it's kind of like you have to kind of like stand with everything that they stand for at yeah. that point. So yeah. it's like, oh, Black Flag has some songs that are like kind of sexist. Yeah. Well, I have this tattoo. Does that like? Does that mean I just I'm down for it? Yeah. <laughs> what if, what if or you just overlook it or something? Yeah. It'd suck to be a really huge Bad Brains fan, get a Bad Brains tattoo, and then later find out that they're 
homophobic. Yeah. Be like, oh, what do I do? What do I do now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it could be a... Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, just the, the whole idea of just, like, stamping something on you, like, I'm going to be this forever. Like, that, yeah. whole, that whole concept is so weird to me. Like, yeah. like when you're 50, are you going to think the same things you, you did when you were 21? Like, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> All right, well, anyways, I don't want to discourage anyone from getting witch police tattoos, so <laughs> <laughs> let's move on. Um, so, Meph, you want to play a song now? Um, yeah. I'm going to play a song by The Germs called Manimal. Um, just a second. The Joims? The Joims. L.A. punk band. You can't really hear what he's singing in this song, but the first few lines are... I came into this world like a puzzled panther waiting to be caged. That's pretty I like awesome. That is good. <laughs> That's good lyrics. Um, yeah. So. Uh, I like the germs because they're like kind of one of those like real punk bands. Because like when they first started, they had no idea how to play their instruments. Eh? They were just yeah. kind of like. I remember reading about how about how their first couple shows were just like shit shows because they had no idea what they were doing. You know? Yeah. And that's, you know, like... Like Darby Crash put his microphone in a peanut butter jar or something. <laughs> See, that sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, I don't understand why, what punk bands of today don't get about that. It's like, you, you'll never meet a band. It seems like you'll never meet a punk band these days that are that, like brash, you know, and like, or just doing it and not giving a fuck about anything. Yeah. Alright, so what's the song called again? Manimal. By the Germs.
That was so raw. Yeah. <laughs> the lyrics are great. Um, yeah. It's off of GI from 1979. What are some of the lyrics other than the puzzled panther? Um, let's see. Hang on a sec. Uh, evolution is a process too slow to save my soul. Uh, other stuff. I crossed the paths of right and wrong and saw them take their toll. I saw armies that marched like animals they crawled. Uh, that is pretty good stuff. Yeah, pretty great. Um, I thought it would fit to the theme because, well, it's not, well, the title. And also he kind of seems like he feels deformed, or like feels like something other than human. Mm. That's cool. That's kind of like a running theme through a lot of punk music. Mm -hmm. Do you guys feel like humans? Depends. You guys both look kind of like cultured and, you know. You could turn a phrase or two. <laughs> say you guys are pretty human. But do you ever feel like an animal? <laughs> like on stage? <laughs> Sometimes I just look in the mirror and go, like, claws. I met this guy once, <laughs> and he was like, what did she say? He was like, he was talking about how he hated math, and he was a musician, and I was like, well, uh, I was like, well, music's a lot like math, like, it's pretty much all it is, and then he was like, no way, man, for me, it's like, I'm up on stage, and there's, and all, for these all, there's all these people, and I'm like, what the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> That's it? That's his whole story. <laughs> what the fuck am I gonna do? <laughs> That's amazing. That guy would be amazing in an interview. <laughs> Alright, cool. Um, well, bef usually before we announce the last song, we go through the whole, the whole uh, Tournament of Hearts bond spiel about uh, you can uh, download episodes of the Witch Police podcast at witchpolice.com. Um, you can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash wearethewitchpolice. We're on Twitter at witchpolicefm. Um, oh yeah, you, we're on UMFM Monday nights at 11 o'clock. And uh, what's up with like you guys? You guys have projects or shows? I mean, this is this isn't gonna. I don't think this is gonna be available for at least a couple weeks, and it won't be on UMFM for probably five or six weeks. So shows, if you have any upcoming shows, it may not be relevant. But if you have any upcoming like projects or anything, mm. life goals, birthdays. Uh, uh, we're in the Martha Street Youth Outreach Program. And I think there's going to be an art show at the end of that in December. Come see prints that we made. Oh, cool. It's not really music related. Yeah. That's cool, though. <clears throat> yeah. So what is that? Are you guys, like, 
you're, you drop in and you can make like screen prints or what, what kind of stuff is that? Yeah, well, the, we haven't done screen prints yet, but uh, it's a free program and it's like six hours a week. Yeah, it's pretty good. In two classes, three, two, three, three hours, hours each. Classes, yeah. And so far we've done a variety of different printmaking. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, I think, what, between 16 and 25, it's free, which is crazy. Yeah, that's, um, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great people, great facilities, good times. What about music-wise? Do you have any, like, tours or anything coming up, or...? No, not nothing really. Like, uh, Cannon Bros is going to be recording in December, but <clears throat> we don't have anything out until, like, the spring or something. Or later, so. Where'd that name come from? Is that like a Mario Brothers reference or something? No, it's like a. Doesn't really mean anything. Just the Cannon Bros. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like you're looking at a cannon one day. Yeah. And you're like, Cannon Bros. <laughs> I thought it was just because you love taking pictures. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. No, I'm a very violent person. <laughs> I don't make art, I destroy it. <laughs> my, my, most, my favorite method of hurting is good old-fashioned cannonball. <laughs> You're just like, look at these cannon bros. <laughs> I, uh, it's funny, I was going to play, my last song was going to be, um, I was going to play Stan Rogers. Yeah. That, like, sea shanty about how the guy goes like gets picked up to be on like part of the crew on that ship and they, they're supposed to go look for gold and then they like they get in a fight with like this other ship and they're like shooting their cannons and like the guy because i guess like when cannons on ships they would be like on these tracks yeah because they would like when they fire they they shoot back yeah so they'd be like on these tracks so that they would like you know, go back on the tracks and they'd be attached to ropes so they wouldn't go back too far. Yeah. And so the guy in this song, I guess he was firing the cannon and, like, the cannon went over his legs and he lost his legs. Oh, wow. But I'm not going to play that song because, like, who the fuck really wants to hear Stan Rogers, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was gonna like, I was gonna do it as kind of like a tribute to my dad because he loves Stan Rogers, but I don't, I don't really want to play Stan Rogers. <laughs> Just say something nice about your dad. Well, my dad's a great guy. <laughs> there it is. That's, yeah, it's great. That's tribute enough. And uh, but when I was in, I was opening for this guy one time, Mike Ladd, who's like this. He's pretty like, pretty notorious, like a, like rapper from. He was from Boston originally, and he was living in the Bronx for a while, and then uh, he he ended up moving to Paris. And um, the his approach to music now is is um, instead of like making albums and just touring them, he he gets government grants to do like art projects where he'll he'll just put on one show, and it'll like this one show will be like a theme. Yeah. And so he did this one show where he was doing these, like, updated sea shanties. And so when I I uh, opened for him and he was playing some of the songs from that, and it was, like, all these, like, crazy, like, kind of dubstepy rap beats, but he was, like, singing, like, sea shanties over them. It was, <laughs> like, I, it sounds crazy. And, like, he was explaining to me before the show that he was going to do this. I was like, oh, that's weird. 
but it was so fucking good. I was like, this is amazing. Really? I was I couldn't believe how good it was, and I was like, I was begging him to like send me some of the songs, but like just because the way he works now, he's, he doesn't have any of those songs recorded. They just, just only plays live. Yeah. Wow. So it's disappointing, but he says he might get around to recording them one day, but he just hasn't done it. And uh, yeah, so I was like. I was like telling him about Stan Rogers. I was like, you should listen to Stan Rogers. Then when I got home, I sent him a Facebook message about it, and he never replied. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I I didn't really. I had a few like options for my last song. I didn't really. I couldn't decide, but I think I I think I'm gonna play uh, the Centaur by Buck Sixty Five. You guys know that song? No. No. It's um. It's off one of my favorite Buck Sixty Five records, but it, it was never really my f- it was never my favorite Buck Sixty Five song. But it was always like kind of it was that song that kind of put him on the map. Like it was it was the song that like people started paying attention to him because I think it was his, his second album as Buck Sixty Five. Like because he was going by Stinkin' Rich before that, and then he was in like Hip Club Groove before that. But then he started putting out albums as Buck 65 with language arts and then the second album uh, called Vertex and uh, yes yeah, so it was never my favorite song on that album or really of his but it fits the theme really well so I'm going to play it and it's um, it's called Centaur because it's it's a song um, bragging about how big his, his wiener is <laughs> but it's like really funny because he's, he's talking about how like no one takes him seriously. They just wanna. They just wanna see his penis, and he's like, "I'm a, I'm a person. I have feelings." <laughs> and so it's it's really like really weird, like original songwriting, I think. And um, you know, like I, I, w- I was like a he- like really influenced by Buck sixty five, um, his earlier days, and I think when he really became got like mainstream notice like success when he was signed to Warner he came out with that album and he had that that song Wicked and Weird uh-huh. and so people like every time I, I say like oh yeah I'm like really influenced by Buck 65 people always just they just think of Wicked and Weird and it's like that I'm not a huge fan of that song I don't really like his material <laughs> from that point on but it's like I, I think it's kind of criminal that that that's what people think of when they think like, when they hear his name and they don't listen to his like earlier stuff yeah because he was, like, I mean, he was also, like, DMC champion in Halifax, like, I think three years in a row. And you know what DMC champions are? No. They're, like, turntable battling. Oh, like, yeah. But, like, before, like, the whole, like, Red Bull thing and before, like, Serato, like, so it was all, like, vinyl. And, yeah. And they'd have, like, these six-minute routines. And they would uh, just battle against each other and... Um, Buck 65, I think, won the DMCs in Halifax, like, three years in a row, and the one who knocked him off the throne, so to speak, was Scratch Bastard, and Scratch Bastard, one of the reasons he beat Buck 65 is because he took the 12-inch of this song, Centaur, and you'll hear the, you'll hear the, like, I think it's like a cello line or whatever, but, like, Scratch Bastard took it and manipulated it to make it sound like the theme from Star Wars. So you made it sound like... Dun, 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 oh, which wow. Which is a pretty fucking crazy thing to do with just two records <coughs> and 
yeah. and two turntables. And uh, I had just heard about that. Like, that was kind of legendary in, like, the underground hip-hop scene. So I'd, like, heard about that. But then a few years ago, Scratch Bastard came and did a demo at uh, the Freestyle Festival. And he actually did that routine. So it was really cool to see live. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's it for the show. Um, if you like it, check out more shows. Thanks, Cole and Meth, for being on the show. Oh, thanks, thanks for, for having us. Yeah. Just, also, just thanks for being yourselves. <laughs> Appreciate you, it. Rob. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you next time on Witch Police Radio. Some want to get dirt on, the centaur I'm famous I walk around with no shirt on The easiest way would be for you to lie face down I'm a man, but I'm built like a horse from the waist down People are afraid of me, but act like they love me Feast your eyes upon my nudity, I am beauty and the beast I have plenty to say, but nobody listens Because my cock is so big, and the end of it glistens So I'm famous for freaky is what everyone's name is for Shorts larger than yours, I'm a centaur for Christ's sakes I like to eat rice cakes and listen to classical music I'm told passion is my special but really I'm old fashioned I'm quite well built as far as physiques go So people seem to think that I belong in a freak show They want to have pictures taken constantly Assuming that my sex drive is three times that of a normal human Asking silly questions like I'm their personal mentor All they care about is my big dick cause I'm a centaur The porno industry wants to pay me lots of money To appear in books and movies Cause they think I look funny But I'm looking for true love, not groupies and freaks more than a huge cock, I have a complicated mind I'm not the favorite kind of companion for the average person Sometimes things start well, but eventually worsen When sex becomes a problem, or else they're unimpressed With the attention that you get being a centaur's love interest You don't care about my next life, just my ex-wife And the intimate details of our sex life Most people are curious, some wanna get dirt on The centaur I'm famous, I walk around with no shirt on The easiest way would be for you to lie face down I'm a man, but I'm built like a horse from the waist down down.